What's up, everybody? Max Dean is football, and I am Max Dean, a.k.a. the most tired dad on YouTube. All right, I've got an interesting one for you today. I'm going to try and move through it pretty quickly because I just have a limited amount of time to get it done. And, and um, what I've got for you today is my breakdown of how three teams crushed the weekend the hardest. That is the draft weekend, of course. But instead of just going through pick by pick and, you know, dwelling on the draft classes uh, exclusively, what's fascinating to me is the process, um, the vision, the execution, um, the plan, and how they follow through on it. And I'm even going to look back as far as a couple of years in some cases to see how they accumulated picks and situated themselves in the ideal position um, and then the players that they took to sort of realize their vision for what their team should be and, and how te how they self-scout and, and sort of the cycle, the life cycle that they're, t the part of the life cycle that their team and their roster is in. So um, <laughs> this is an interesting one. And, I, and like I said, I'm going to try and do it quickly. Um, I'm not sure why the, the podcast feed's not working, so I have to figure, figure that out. But obviously, find me right here on YouTube. Like, subscribe if you like the content. And um, you can find me on Twitter at TheMaxDean. All right, let's jump in. We're talking about the New York Jets. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so these teams, to me, they had the best weekend. And... It's not just about the players that they selected. It's about how they managed their assets and put together um, a, a weekend in which they were able to add more assets, whether they be in picks or in players. And I just, I really liked how all three did it. And I wanted to look back and kind of see how they got to this point each. So, um, first thing is, what I'm going to do is take a look at the trades leading up to the 2022 draft. So I tried to include every trade that I could, even the small ones, because they are important, um, that has anything to do with the 2022 draft pick. And like, especially, I mean, I'm a Jets fan. And I probably didn't even have every single one that the Jets had, but going through them for the Ravens and the Eagles was like, I felt like Charlie from It's Always Sunny, you know, like stringing red yarn together on a on a on the cork board. So um, hopefully I got most of them. I'm sure I missed a couple here and there, but I don't think that they'll change the overall outcome of what you're about to see and what I'm about to to talk about. So um, I just I love the way that these three franchises are being run right now, and I know that's unusual for the Jets, but and even though the Eagles have taken some flack. I think, you know, anytime you hit the end of a roster's life cycle, you have to turn things over. It's, it's not always pretty. So, um, but right now I think all three of these teams are doing some interesting stuff. So taking a look at the Jets over the last few years, um, they have traded quite a few assets to accumulate uh, high draft picks. And, you know, some of those big ones would be Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. So we'll hear we'll hear about all those. But what are these other ones that are interesting? And what are these other ones that that affect um, the the assets that they go into a draft weekend with? Let's disappear there for a minute, um, so you can see better. All right. Back in the summer of 2020, when Jamal Adams was making a big deal out of getting out of New York, 
Um, they ended up trading him for two first-round picks, uh, a safety, Bradley McDougald, and basically a trade-up uh, from a fourth-round pick to a third-round pick. And one of the important things with this is that the way that I'm going to approach this is I am going to consider uh, current and future draft picks as uh, equal, right? So a fourth-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick next year, to me, they're, they're equal. They have the same value, and uh, I think there are a lot of teams who view them as less valuable, which I believe is an inefficiency that you can take advantage of, and I think that these teams do that pretty well. So, um, you know, instead of saying they traded for two firsts, a third, and a safety, and gave up Jamal Adams in a fourth. Really, what I look at that as is they traded Jamal Adams um, in order to get two first-round picks, a trade-up from the fourth to the third, and safety Bradley McDougal. That's how I view it, and I think it, 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 it's actually a more realistic way to look at this stuff. Um, and so at the end, I'm going to look at all of those picks that, that were traded up one round, two rounds, even at the back, and you'll see how many overall pick selections you can improve in some small ways. So the Jets improve with two overall picks, a full round trade up, and swap safeties, essentially. Uh, in the fall of 2020, things weren't going well. Uh, they traded away linebacker Avery Williamson and a seventh round pick uh, for a 2022 fifth round pick okay so they traded away an aging veteran linebacker on a team that was going nowhere to a contender in the pittsburgh steelers and they get to move up two full rounds for that okay that's significant value when you really think about it this is these are the trades that everyone forgets about but these mean something especially to a rebuilding team they also around that trade deadline traded away jordan willis an edge rusher to the San Francisco 49ers to move from the 7th up to the 6th in 2022. Okay, so they're trading away uh, 2021 7th to move up one round. They're trading a 2022 7th to move up two rounds. We're seeing a, a trend here. Um, in that same trade deadline, they traded away nose tackle Steve McClendon to the Buccaneers. Okay, let me fix that. That's not supposed to be fit. You have to forgive me periodically. I have these... As I am putting together all of these little charts and graphics. Um, and uh, they give up a 2023 7th to get a 2022 6th round pick. Okay, another full round move up. That season went horribly, and going into the 2021 draft, they trade Sam Darnold for a 2nd round pick, a 4th round pick, and a 6th round pick. Okay. Now, it was before the 2021 draft, they only got a 6th in 2021, but if you value the picks the same in the future, you now have a 4th round pick and a 2nd round pick. In the summer of 2021, the Vikings get an injury to the tight end position, they trade Chris Herndon to the, to the Vikings, and send a 6th round pick to trade up all the way 2 rounds to a 4th round pick. And I think one of the things that you'll see here is that teams... As long as you're, they're getting a pick back, they feel more comfortable giving you a quality pick. Like a fifth and or fourth round pick in most drafts, that's a quality pick. You know? And so, if you can give up a player that you have really no interest in keeping anyway, like Avery Williamson, Jordan Willis, Steve McClendon, Sam Darnold, Chris Herndon, or I guess Sam Darnold's a little different, but Chris Herndon, guys, you, you never had any intent to, to keep, 
and you um, <laughs> and you uh, uh, manage to move up in those rounds, teams are are like, hey, well, at least we're not losing a pick. Well, I mean, you're you're not losing a pick, but you're losing value, and there's a reason the team is not interested in keeping that player. Uh, summer 2021, uh, Carl Lawson, Ed Drescher gets injured, so they send a sixth-round pick to not the Minnesota Vikings once again. Let's change that to Houston um, for a sixth-round pick that they that they accumulated in one of these trades, and then they also traded uh, a sixth-round pick for Joe Flacco uh, from the Eagles, and both of those players played meaningful snaps. Um, it was a bit of a lost season, but Joe Flacco's presence did help. And Shaq Lawson was a starting defensive end for them for the majority of the season. The Baltimore Ravens, and this one is fun. Okay, so Baltimore Ravens, they get a special compensatory pick for the hiring of David Culley to the Houston Texans, third round. They get a compensatory pick uh, for the New England Patriots signing Matthew Judon, edge rusher. Um, and they get a fourth round pick for that. They get a fourth-round pick for the Las Vegas Raiders, signing Yannick Ngakwe. Um, so they've accumulated <laughs> three picks just for letting players go that they didn't intend to keep anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that that's part of their system, but let's look at some of these other ones, too. Okay? They trade Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and they send a second-round pick and get a first-round pick in return. So that's a trade-up. But they also get a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick in that trade. Uh, then, in the 2021 draft, they traded a, uh, a fourth and a sixth to get a fifth and a fourth. So they trade back a little bit. Um, they trade back in the 2021 draft and ship out a sixth-round pick, but also get a two-round move-up to the fourth-round pick in the future. So you move down one round to move up two rounds. In the summer of 2021, the Giants needed help on the offensive line, so they sent backup guard Ben Bredesen um, and a fifth-round pick and a seventh-round pick to move all the way up into the fourth round. Summer of 2020, they also sent backup guard Greg Manch and a sixth round pick to a seventh round pick to move up to a sixth round pick. Okay. Summer of 2021, they send Sean Wade, a freshly drafted corner, to the New England Patriots for a seventh round pick and a 2023 fifth round pick. In the summer of 2021, they sent a seventh round pick uh, to Miami in return for Josh Oliver. Is that right? I don't know. I can't remember if that's, that's the right one. Ravens trade for... Why do I feel like it was a different team? Jaguars. Yeah, okay. Um, so... You got all of these uh, picks in return for players they never intended to keep. For, uh, you know, instead of trading Orlando Brown Jr. for a first round pick, they send a second round pick as well. So they get a third, a fourth, and a fifth on top of that in additional picks. 
um, little trades here and there that help you move up without losing picks and anytime you can get additional picks um, you you come out on top so out of all these trades the only time they actually gave up um, a pick and didn't get a pick in return was a seventh round pick for Josh Oliver and they sent a seventh to move up from the fifth to the fourth in that Ben Bredesen trade so overall they're not they're moving up generally speaking and gaining picks not losing picks Philadelphia Eagles they trade Carson Wentz for a third round pick in 2021 and a conditional second that turned into a first in 2022. Um, so obviously a plus of two picks. In the spring of 2021 leading up to the draft, they tr made they were part of a three-way trade with the 49ers and the Dolphins, but the Dolphins sent um, a first round pick in 2021, a first round pick in 2022, and a fourth round pick in 2021 in exchange for uh, a sixth round pick, excuse me, <laughs> the sixth overall pick, and a fifth round pick. So essentially what that trade was, <laughs> and this is still wild to me that the Dolphins actually did this, the Ravens moved down six places in the first round, and their compensation was a trade up from fifth to fourth and a first round pick. I don't care what the trade charts say, that's highway robbery. Um, draft day 2021, they make a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they trade a seventh round pick to move up from the sixth to the fifth in the future. It's really what that is. In fall of 2021, they trade Zach Ertz uh, to the, uh, that should be the Cardinals. And uh, they get back Tegawan Corner and a fifth round pick in the coming draft. Uh, in the summer of 2021, they traded backup guard Matt Pryor and a seventh round pick to move up into the sixth round pick. So again, you're seeing some of these same things. You're seeing players that teams had no intention of keeping, Carson Wentz, Matt Pryor, Zach Ertz, to move up picks or to gain additional picks and then of course the final big one was a trade they made with the New Orleans Saints where they sent a, uh, a the 16th overall pick and the 19th overall pick and um, a sixth round pick to get back the 18th pick a 2021 uh, three first round pick a 2024 second round pick a third round pick and a seventh round pick so essentially they moved back two spots in the first round to swap first round picks, one for the future, one for now, and in return got a second, a third, and a minor trade back. Okay. If you look at the net gains and losses over these couple of years leading up to that, the New York Jets. They lost Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold, Avery Williamson, Chris Herndon, Steve McClendon, Jordan Phillips, and a couple of seventh-round picks is what they ended up actually outright losing in these deals. The only player really worth anything at this point is Jamal Adams. In return, they got 175 overall pick improvement slots, an additional first, first, second, fourth, and sixth. They also accumulated Bradley McDougal, Joe Flacco, and, and Shaq Lawson. So say what you will about those, but overall, 
That is a net gain of significant value. The Baltimore Ravens traded away Orlando Brown Jr., Ben Bredesen, Greg Manch, Sean Wade, and a 7th round pick to have 113 overall pick improvement slots, a 1st, a 3rd, 4th, 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 5th, 5th, and cornerback Josh Oliver. You tell me that's not a significant improvement in assets. How about the Eagles? They traded away Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Matt Pryor in a 7th in order to obtain 148 overall pick improvement slots, a 1st, a 1st, a 2nd, a 3rd, a 3rd, and Tay Gowan. Right? So... You can add a, 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 a depth player here or there if you need to. The Jets, Baltimore Ravens, and Eagles all did that, but they were very careful about how they did it. They overall gained a significant number of picks. They overall gained a significant number of high picks, and they overall gained pick, pick slot improvement. Um, you know, every little one of those picks, that adds up. On draft day... The New York Jets this year, they ended up trading, making a trade with the Tennessee Titans. They moved up from uh, the 35th pick to the 26th pick. And in return, they sold a fifth and traded down from 69 to 101. They also traded up two spots from 38 to 36. And in return, they shipped out a fifth round pick to the New York Giants. The Baltimore Ravens draft day trades this year. They shipped out Marquise Brown to move up from 100 all the way to 23. So, really, the way that this should be looked at is not that... That's not... Shouldn't be Tennessee. That's Cardinals. Um, let's show my face again there. Um... The, the way they should, this should be looked at is a trade of Marquise Brown to move up from the 100th pick all the way to the 23rd overall pick. And then they also made a trade with the Buffalo Bills to uh, move down two spots, and in return they got the 130th overall pick, which is a fourth rounder. So, essentially, if you want to look at it this way, <laughs> what the Ravens actually gained and lost in trade value over this one weekend of dra of the draft, they traded away Marquise Brown and moved down from the third round to the fourth round to get the, the 25th overall pick. So they gained one first round pick and moved down from the third to the fourth uh, and lost Marquise Brown. I'd call that a net win, personally. That's just my opinion. The Philadelphia Eagles made a number of different trades. The first one was with Houston. They gave up a fourth, a fifth, and another fifth to move up two spots in the first round. Um, they also gave up a first and a third to acquire A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, then, at the very back of the draft, they traded... Um, uh, they traded down with the Jaguars from the 5th to 6th to accumulate another 6th round pick. And they traded uh, up with the Lions in the 6th round from 188 to 181. And to do so, they gave up a 7th round pick. So the Eagles were the most 
aggressive, probably ahead of the Jets and significantly ahead of the Ravens. So there's three different ideologies here. So there's three different ways of going about about these trades that all kind of uh, resulted in a strong draft. So after everything that you've seen here, this is really what the net um, gains were for these uh, three teams outside of the picks that they, the selections themselves. Um, the Jets, they lost uh, 21 overall picks, like they, they re, uh, pick slots. Um, so minus 21 overall pick slots, um, a fifth and a fifth. The Ravens got an improvement of 79 overall picks. Um, they gained a fourth and they lost Marquise Brown. The Eagles, they lost a first, third, fourth, fifth, and fifth. And in return, they had 14 overall pick improvements and A.J. Brown. So, like I said, most aggressive Eagles, second most aggressive Jets, and like in a distant third, I guess you would probably say rather unaggressive, were the Ravens. That means that the New York Jets, um, while they lost a fifth, uh, two fifth-round picks and had a 21 overall pick slot reduction... They were able to come away with four clear first-round talents, uh, players that most of the draft community had rated anywhere from uh, maybe third at the position um, or even first at the position. So Sauce Gardner, a lot of people had him rated first at the corner position. Garrett Wilson, a lot of people had him rated first at the wide receiver position. Um, Jermaine Johnson, um, you saw a, a little bit of a range with him, but a lot of player uh, uh draft analysts had him somewhere around third at the position um third to fourth um fourth was about as low as he went for most people uh Brees hall nearly the consensus number one running back um and then jeremy ruckert uh like once you get out of those top picks um jeremy ruckert is a tight end who i personally think can have a, a major impact in year two, three, I think he's a, I mean, he was a player who showed clear flashes in the passing game and was primarily used as a run blocker. Uh, and f because the, um, that Ohio state offense really rotated or like revolved around those wide receivers and the talent they had at that position. And, uh, the offense was predicated on them. So like, the scheme was predicated on them, and then just the fact that they were so effective was... There was really not much reason to turn to the tight end as, as a weapon. Um, so for me, to come away with four players who are impact players, and most of whom are uh, high-priority positions, like to give up 21 overall pick slots and two-fifths in this draft... I find that extremely viable. And normally, these teams, they don't use... Uh, they don't just give up fifth-round picks, any of these teams. For the most part, they don't just throw them away like they throw away seventh or even sixth-round picks. But I will say this. If you follow this draft, a lot of the analysts, especially the ones I respect the most, um, like uh, Daniel Jeremiah or Dane Brugler, they told you, that, like, this draft, basically, around pick 100 and, like, 
between there and 150, this draft just like dried up in terms of the quality talent. And normally teams have a 150 player board that they operate off of something around that. And so if teams were looking at this and were like, okay, like if normally we don't value seventh round picks because they, they just don't have that much of an impact. Like there's not that much difference between that and a UDFA normally in a draft like this, Fifth round, sixth round picks, they're the same. So teams, you can see, were more than willing to give up some of those picks. Um, the Baltimore Ravens. So they get this draft haul, along with a 79 overall pick slot improvement and a fourth round pick. And they do lose Marquise Brown, but they gain Kyle Hamilton, the consensus number one safety, Tyler Linderbaum, the consensus number one center, David Ajabo, who was um, rated usually fourth or fifth in terms of uh, edge rushers in a loaded edge class. Travis Jones, who was my defensive tackle three. A lot of people with defensive tackle three or four. And um, a top 40 player on a lot of people's boards. Uh, and then they have an interesting uh, little thing that they've done in the fourth round, which they do a lot. Okay, so... Once they have kind of gotten outside of their their top 40 board, top 50 board, I don't know exactly what it is, like only they could tell you. What they start to do a lot is double pick, and if they're less sure that a player will pan out, they will take two players to that same position in hopes that one will. So they'll improve their uh, their their hit rate that way. You know, it's how they've hit on tackles in the past. It's how they hit on Mark Andrews. They, they took a tight end in the first round, turned around and took another one in the third. And guess what? Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. And the first round pick, Hayden Hurst, they shipped him off because they were willing to take two and keep the best one. So they took two corners in the fourth and two tight ends in the fourth. They took a developmental right tackle and a punter in the fourth. And then um, a running back in the the sixth, Tyler Beatty, I'm not even sure how he fell that far. But this team, they essentially ignored traditional view of positional value. Just took the consensus best player at the position and said, we are extremely confident that these players will pan out. And then uh, we will just take whoever other teams are not valuing. And so they end up with four top 40 type players because of David, David Ajabo got hurt. And because Travis Jones had potential weight concerns. But again, at University of Connecticut, like, I just, I mean, if any team out there, I trust the Baltimore Ravens as an organization to help keep a player's weight in check over a, a program like Connecticut. I'm not trying to throw shade. It's just the truth. The Philadelphia Eagles, their overall pick improvement uh, improved 14. They gave up a lot of picks, but they were able to come away with A.J. Brown, who would, I mean, you know, knowing what you know now, would probably go number one overall in this draft class. Okay? Like, if, if a team, if... Like, I don't I don't know how to like, phrase it. Obviously, the... The... Uh, um, the, the, the Jaguars are not going to trade the first overall pick for A.J. Brown. Just because their teams are always eager to see what they get in the unknown. But with a 
pick in the teens and a third-round pick, they get A.J. Brown. They move assets to the future. They collect Jordan Davis, who many people had as the best defensive tackle in in the uh, draft. They got Cam Jurgens, the second-best center in the draft. And N'Kobe Dean, who many people had as the first or second-best linebacker in the entire draft because he was hurt. And then they took a couple of swings on guys in the sixth round. So when you're looking at a draft, the chance of getting impact players is is key. Now, there you could point to giving up a substantial number of picks um, and being ultra confident in what you're going to get back. But considering one of them is a proven veteran player, it's a little bit of a different situation. And you also, you look at that Eagles team, and they are well loaded. They have a lot of players. Um, they were a playoff team last year, and I think they were honestly missing a few pieces. In the, and the biggest question, especially after bringing A.J. Brown on board, is quarterback. So, you know, I think by situating themselves comfortably next year with extra draft asset draft assets especially high assets that quarterback answer is something that they might have to 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 uh, address next year but I think they gave their guy every opportunity to show he's the guy this year and if not they set themselves up to be successful in the future so you know the Ravens they pivoted away from uh, a deep passing offense, or like, you know, what what they were kind of toying with. And essentially, they said, we're going to get back to running the ball. You've got all these teams trying to defend players like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, um, like Justin Herbert, like Deshaun Watson with these, uh, these uh, deep cover two, cover four shells, again, getting these two safeties deep leaving these boxes empty, and we're getting back to running the football heavily. Okay, they drafted multiple tight ends. They drafted a big-ass right tackle. They drafted uh, uh, an excellent center. And so they're going to be running a boatload of 12 personnel. I promise you that. Um, and they, they're just getting back to their the ground game, I think. Um, and they're making a real effort for that. Then the Eagles here. Um, they drafted the center of the future. They drafted the defensive tackle of the future. They drafted the leader on the defense of the future, Nicobe Dean. Like I think they're they're competitive this year, but they set themselves up for a major push with the roster that they have. Like these were the final touches, aside from possibly quarterback, um, on the new version of the Philadelphia Eagles after that 2017 win. Like, they've really kind of turned things around from that version of the roster to a new one. And they'll probably be a run-heavy offense as well. And the Jets, the Jets, they spent the last couple of years accumulating a ton of uh, middle-tier veterans, like decent veterans, and a lot of good-ish players. And instead of saying, okay, you know, we've got Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So now what we really need to do is add depth. Um, or we've got Michael Carter at running back. We need to add depth. Or, uh, you know, we've got these guys who played pretty well at corner, but we've got to add depth. No, they said, we're going to make all those guys who played okay 
pretty good and make them the depth. And this draft was about adding star potential players to impact positions. And they're going to be a clear running team as well. They've made it. They've made investments at guard. Um, they've made investments at tight end. They've made investments at running back. And they're going to give their young quarterback the opportunity to have a functional offense that doesn't totally depend on him and let him grow and prove that he's the guy as well. So it's just like, aside from, aside from just picking good players, getting a number of, of top 40 level players for each of these teams, there's a clear vision about what they're trying to accomplish. There's good self scouting. There's pivoting. There's recognition of their own roster life cycle. There's, significant amount of time and focus put in on accumulating draft picks by getting rid of uh, high-profile players at the right moment, getting rid of players that they never intended to keep anyway for for lesser picks and or minor trade-ups that kind of build up over time as a significant improvement in, in asset value. And then being... Knowing exactly what you want, knowing who you are, and striking. And so I just love what all three of these teams did. Now, the last thing I'll do, because i got to run, is just take a quick look at what these teams did in accordance with my sort of, my target ranges for these positions to maximize your uh, overall draft value. Let's make my face go away for a sec. Okay. Um, and this is really focused on the first three rounds because beyond that, you can draft pretty much any position you want for the most part in the fourth or beyond. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it makes any difference for value. Really, it's that's about getting depth pieces for the most part, um, or you know, taking a few swings on a potential, you know, athletic freak or something like that who hasn't been developed at all. But the Jets did the best on this. They hit a wide receiver in the top ten. They hit an edge rusher in um, the remainder of the first round, and they hit a tight end in uh, at pick 101, which I'm fine with calling 100. And their running back, they took it 36, but also, like generally speaking, my my running back slot is 40 to 64 is is a good place to uh, to look for that. So I'm not really I'm not <laughs> gonna be upset about them going four picks over my projected value, right? Like, I'm not going to be fanatical about that. And they took a corner at four, and while I have corner as being targeted in the first round, you know, if your board says that this is a a truly elite type of player, again, like, I'm not going to be fanatical about going for a corner in the top ten. Especially if you get three to to four... like hits in that target range, like I'm, I'm really comfortable with the way that the Jets struck that. Uh, the Ravens did the worst on this. Um, they kind of took my my value chart and threw it out the window. Um, but they have their own value chart, like in their own ideology. They say we're going to take the best players, and we are going to um, we're going to take the best players that we know are really confident are going to be good, and then we're going to take six picks in the fourth round. And try and hit on a couple of them. And that's one way to do it too. Um, they've been very successful with it. And the Eagles did pretty well too. They got a defensive lineman uh, in the first round. And a linebacker in the third. And uh, 
Um, and, and you can wait for guys who who are hurt and can develop if they're that level of player. So I just think that they did a really nice job there as well. But I think the Jets probably had the best overall draft just based on the number of uh, players that they accumulated who are high-quality players, uh, the way that they hit the target ranges by position, you know, and the overall number of assets that they gave up to get those players, I think that they, they did the best job out of all of them. But I loved all three of these drafts. I love all three of the weekends. I love all three of the trajectories of these teams. So, again, um, I got to run. So, hit me up on Twitter at TheMaxDean and like, subscribe, throw a comment down below. If you like, hate, dispute, want more, just let me know. All right. Thanks, guys.